Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. There seems to be a pretty common sentiment around town that the Steelers have a decent chance to beat the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday at Paycor Stadium. People get into the weeds, though, and get stuck when you ask them how the Steelers are going to do that. But that's why we're here, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We give you the how. We show our work on the math problem. You just need the solution. So in these next couple episodes, we're going to tell you exactly how the Steelers can attack the Cincinnati Bengals to have some success offensively, defensively. And everybody loves the offense more than defense, so... Let's start with the sexy topic, the quarterback, what's going to happen offensively, how are we going to put some touchdowns on the board? And i got to be honest, Jacob. Yep. I don't know how many touchdowns they're going to put on the board. They might be few and far between. This game might come down to protecting the ball above all else when you're on the offensive side of things. Well, let me say this, Tom. If the L.A. Rams can only get off, what, 10 points last night, I'm not feeling too great about the Pittsburgh Steelers' chances of getting off a— that many more points than the mm. LA Rams did. You don't think the Bills' defense is much better than the Bengals? I do like the Bills' defense, of course, but that offense is prolific. I mean, that offense has one of the best off, one of the best receivers in the NFL in Cooper Cup, and I mean that that whole offense just really ran through Cooper Cup. When you think about it, the guy. Well, had... the prolificness of that offense, I think, I have question marks about until we see that offensive line get better. But we'll That's talk true. about that. Yeah, game. we'll talk about that a little bit in a little bit. But again, I, I'm just saying, I I know. The Buffalo defense is probably better as a whole than it, it, it certainly is better as a whole than the Cincinnati defense, given, I mean, what we saw last night as a great example. But I'm kind of with you. I, I We struggled for the last couple of years here in Pittsburgh saying, where are you going to get touchdowns from when you're Pittsburgh, right? When you're the Steelers, where, where are you really going to, to find your scoring opportunities? If the offensive line can't gel, that could lead to, Issues with Mitch Trubisky in the pocket, staying calm and collected. Merrill Hodge last night on on the Steelers preview show on DVE said he liked Mitch coming out of college, but a real struggle for Mitch was his ability to just make the the right choice when pressured. I, he's a mobile quarterback, but when it came to it, getting the ball out, that's where he kind of struggled. And we have no idea how that's going to look for Mitch in real regular season action against a decent Cincinnati front seven. And then you pair that with Najee Harris. I'm sure the guy is going to get frustrated. I'm not saying it's going to ruin his game entirely. But he could easily get frustrated once for the second year of his career early on if he's getting 
he's making his first contact either at or before the line of scrimmage. Well, you go to rehab to, you know, rid yourselves of the things that struggle you in life. Mm -hmm. And Mitch went to Buffalo rehab last year. And I know it's the preseason, so I'm not going to put too much weight into it. But we saw what happened to Mitch when the pocket collapsed on him in pretty much every preseason game at one point or another. We saw the escapability, and we saw the improvisation, and he made all the right decisions. He did not turn the ball over once in the Steelers preseason, and that's a great sign. I think one of the bigger reasons why he was able to hold on to that number one spot that he was kind of, you know, given to start at the beginning of things in spring and was able to fend off Kenny and Mason all the way through training camp to the regular season debut, so... I'm not saying that, you know, he cured himself of those, oh, bleep, the pocket's breaking down, I have to improvise something, I'm going to make a bad decision and force a turnover in here. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm completely confident that that's out of his system, just seeing three preseason games, but he did get to go and learn under Josh Allen last year, under Brian Dable's offense last year. Now he's in Pittsburgh, a much more stable, well-coached organization than he ever was in Chicago with, I think, better weapons, really, than he ever had in Chicago during any of his tenure there. So maybe as he matures a bit, you can see that become less and less in his game. The, uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I need to just get this ball out of here. Maybe, oh, I'm so mature now. I know I can take this sack. It's first down. We have two more downs that we can get these six yards back. I'll, I'll just eat this and take a sack. Or, Oh, I'll I'll just, you know, I'll run for two yards instead of trying to throw it 50 yards and have it get picked off. So that's yet to be seen. What Mm -hmm. Merrill said is one of his biggest weaknesses if that's been, you know, cured for Mitch. But I think we're on the right track to seeing that for sure. I'd like that to be the case. It's just to me, I don't know how how good is the offensive line. I mean, I don't know if good is the right word. How does the offensive line in Pittsburgh compare to the offensive line that Mitch had when he was getting action in the preseason yeah, last year with Buffalo and then the offensive line that he had available to him when he was starting games in Chicago. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, the offensive line is the weakest link for the Steelers. So, yes, it looks like he did do well in the preseason, and that's an entirely different ball game. I mean, if any, if if last night is any indication, you could see just, I mean, you could see just how real a regular season game is compared to a preseason game. Oh, of course. there is There is no... There was no comparison. It is, I can't even take steal a, a Tomlinism away because what you would go to if you're looking for a quote from Tomlin is JV versus varsity. But this is way beyond that. This is an, this is professional versus complete amateurs when you're talking about regular season efforts and 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 quality of play compared to the preseason. So yes, if anything, you could take away from the preseason that it's a good sign that Mitch can. Do it to an extent where you just have to wonder when the other team is exerting their biggest forces against you, just how well is Mitch how well is Mitch going to handle that kind of pressure? You don't want him to handle much pressure like that. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if he can pull the Houdini act, but you don't want to ask your quarterback to do that for every single down. So the offensive line has to carry some weight here in this game against the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's a pretty good pass rush. You know, in the 40s last year, as far as sacks were concerned, Trey Hendrickson had 14 sacks. That was one of the more premier players in the league at getting after the quarterback last year, and I don't see any reason why he's going to slow down this year. Sam Hubbard had seven sacks last year on the other side of Trey Hendrickson, so they're going to be able to get after Mitch Trubisky I really want to see the Steelers line up in a lot of 12, maybe even some 13, 13 personnel. 
Wow. Yeah, I want to see him get a lot of jumbo stuff out there and run the ball early in this game so that the Bengals' pass rush can get off balance. I well, here's, here's, I assume that running the ball is easiest for offensive linemen to do. It hasn't seemed to be that way in the past couple years with the Steelers, but their pass protection looked abysmal in the preseason. I think it's easier to just tell them to line up like a sprinter on the blocks and fire off and blow that guy across from you five yards off the ball. If you can move the ball on the ground early in this game, get some you know gentry double tight action, blow these Bengals off the line, you can really get create some imbalance in their pass rush that will help you later in the game. Yeah, I, I'd love to see it. I just don't know. I mean, a lot of the what a lot of people are saying is that what you saw out of the Canada offense in the preseason is very much so just a glimpse of what Canada was willing to allow the public to see, to allow other teams when they when they're studying the Steelers preseason tape to see, oh, this is what to expect from the Steelers. A lot of people are saying now that Canada really has full reins of the control of this offense, it's going to look a lot different. It's just how well will that that different kind of offense be executed with 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 this offensive line. I'm sure Matt Canada wants to do a lot with a young quarterback, great weaponry around him in, in the backfield and at the receivers, but it's, it really comes down to the offensive line. How detrimental will it be to what Canada really wants to do with this team? Well, yeah, that's what we've been saying all offseason and all training camp buildup is that that might be the biggest undoing for this team. So that's why, you yeah. know, my number one thing game plan-wise on offense is to give that line as much help as you possibly can. Like, I like your idea of, of 13 packages. 12, 12 for sure. 12 like, or just 13. Double Tight. But yeah, like I maybe mean, even like throw Connor Hayward out there as an extra blocker. If no, you really I, go I, I think so too. I think that's a good idea. The the question is how often can Matt Canada do that? You know what I mean? If it's if if the offensive line, I mean maybe thirteen is 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 more likely of a solution just because you need to get that offensive line as much help as you possibly can. You can absolutely do it um, if it's working. Like you can keep yes, trying it course. out there. If Najee's ripping off five six yards per carry. Absolutely, you can keep shoving it down their throat. You assume that a team would adjust, especially a team that's as good as the Bengals who just won the AFC last year, would adjust pretty quickly, try to stop that and force you to you know, get out of that package and, and maybe open up the game a little bit. bit. But all of this, of course, is easier said than done mm-hmm. when you know that the Bengals had the fifth-best rush defense last year. So it's great for me to sit here and say, oh, just fire off that block and knock that guy on his ass five yards down the field and six yard carry six yard carry for Najee all the way into the end zone that's real easy to say but they got something to say about it too on the other side of the ball and they're really good at stopping the run so it won't obviously be that easy but I just would like to see some sort of commitment to it and if if maybe Najee runs into a couple brick walls early in the game, I really hope you don't abandon it. And I don't think you will because there's not that number seven that you have to deal with who wants to just, you know, hey, he just I'm, wants the ball in his yeah, hands. Yeah, like, it's not working. I can throw the ball still. I'm great. And I don't see why he wouldn't think that. He was a Hall of Famer his whole career. You don't have that kind of, you know, butting of heads, if you want to even call it that, with number 10. Number 10 should be just the consummate yes man. So mm-hmm. hopefully there's not an abandonment of the run like we saw sometimes last year when it wasn't working early in the game. You need uh, to stay just committed Just sometimes, to most of the time, right? I mean, Najee Harris, as good of a season as he had, it really felt like he clawed an inch his way for every single yard that he earned on his way to 1,200 yards on the ground, right? Yeah, I mean, he averaged 3.9 yards per carry. It's ridiculous. People use that a lot as a negative towards him, but it's, I think, the exact opposite. I think if you get to 1,000 yards and have that little yards per carry— 
That's pretty damn good. That tells you that you've been doing a lot of work behind the line of scrimmage. Oh, I mean, that's what that's what we've been saying is a huge detriment to this offensive line is the fact that Najee Harris, more often than not, was making his first contact either behind or at the line of scrimmage. He wasn't really given a chance to just be free with the ball. And we saw in those very small glimpses when he wasn't making first contact that early, what he was able to do with a free space. Yeah, he was magnificent. Mm-hmm. He looks like uh, an elite running back in the NFL. When I he mean, has we open saw it. Like that. We saw it against Detroit when he hurdled that guy, right? When he had open field, right. just one blocker in front of or, or one defenseman in front of him, he hurdled him. Everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, that's awesome!" But at the same time, it was, "Oh my gosh, why are we throwing Najee Harris out there in the third preseason game yeah. hurdling dudes?" But it's just a glimpse of what he can do. So say that's successful, and you start to run the ball really well, and you get that defense off balance. Then that's when you can hit him with the play action, and that's when you can get the ball out of there real quick, and that's when the Canada scheme really comes into play. Because Ben got the ball out super quick last year because it's Ben, and he knows pretty much everything you could ever need to know Mm -hmm. about the quarterback position or offenses in general in the NFL. So his timing was easy. He knew where all the receivers were going to be. He had routes that he knew he wanted to hit that he knew were going to be open before the snap even happened. Mitch probably has some of that too, being in the league for five, six years, whatever it be. So hit him with the play action, hit him with the quick hitters, get the ball out fast. That helps your offensive line and pass protection early in the game, maybe get some confidence going with them. And then all of that just creates this perfect balance in your offense where you're keeping the defense guessing constantly. And that's when you can finally maybe, you know, take the keys and open things up a little bit, 15, 20, 25 yards down the middle of the field and really gash the Bengals for deep yardage. And that's what we saw against the, against the Lions, right, with those passes to Pat Frymouth in, in the short middle, right? It was it was a great lead by Mitch to, to set up Pat and – we all know that catch that he made. It was a little bit of a jump effort on Pat's part, but Pat Firemuth is that solid of a receiving tight end that Mitch is able to rely on him in that yardage to gain kind of area. So absolutely, you should be able, you should be totally comfortable with it if you're Mitch Trubisky. Oh right, I mean, and that's what I like to see too is that they had some chemistry developed in the preseason sure, yeah, and had those connections happen. A really quick aside here: Does it kind of baffle you a little bit that yeah we we understood that Ben Roethlisberger arm was going right it was no it was no longer the arm it once was so wouldn't you think that he'd be more comfortable throwing it only 10 to 15 yards down the field right he'd have more power and more accuracy throwing it to shorter yardage compared to whatever whatever Ben was going to throw deep you knew it was going to be a deep ball because he took all that time to plant his back foot wind all the way back and sling that ball what 30 40 yards down the field you knew it was coming just because at that old age he had to really build up his his body's momentum to get the ball to carry that far I just don't understand why if he's struggling to get the ball down the field either a to the extent of of yardage that he wants and b to make it for the ball to be exactly where he wants to be, as accurate as possible, why would you not target the middle of the field more often if you're Ben Roethlisberger? That was just something that I really never understood. And I, he I, never, couldn't, I couldn't put together. And he never liked to do play action later mm-hmm. in his career, which no. I think is a huge necessity in the NFL today to be able to bring those linebackers in and suck especially, them up to the line of scrimmage. Especially when you have Najee Harris, who is such a threat to get the ball. Yes. And I'm not talking about sidecar play action. I mean under center... You know, right. dip your head down hard when you put the ball in the gut Tuck of the, the running ball back. In, yeah, yeah, really sell that fake and then bootleg out. I think you'll see a lot more of that. 
not like the Steelers are going to line up under center all the time. I'm sure there will be a lot of sidecar fake handoffs, and there will be a lot of sidecar handoffs in the shotgun too, but more under center, more play-action pass, suck those linebackers in and open up the middle of the field for guys like Fryermuth, guys like Chase Claypool. The problem with Chase Claypool is I, I think he could be a huge X factor in this game because him in the slot with Mike Hilton on him, he should be able to eat Mike Hilton's lunch all game long, but... There's this little thing in the back of your head worried about Deontay Johnson. Now, the Steelers say that they're pretty confident that he's going to play. Chase Claypool himself said that they think he's going to play. The latest practice report that we have available from Thursday's practice, wide receiver Deontay Johnson was limited with shoulder cramps. So that same injury he sustained at the end of the preseason Mm -hmm. with the Lions and then some cramping added on as well. The fact that he's been limited the past two days is encouraging if you're Steelers fans. Um, I'd like to see him be a full participant in practice, really crank up that offense, really you know, implement that script for the first drive to get an early lead against Cincinnati. And also, you know, high hopes for Pickens, obviously, but he's your number one wide receiver as we sit here right now, Deontay. So that would be a big blow to have him, even if he does play, be limited in what he can bring to the table because that probably bumps Chase outside. At least in my mind, I think that's what you do. Okay. And I just think that Chase could just destroy a mismatch with Mike Hilton on the inside. And if Gunner is the guy that has to step up and do that, I think Mike has a lot easier chance covering Gunner than Chase, especially deep downfield. Of course he does. And But that makes sense, right? I mean, Mike Hilton's a smaller guy. When you go up against Yeah, that's Chase. why I love that mismatch. And that's why I think Claypool in the slot this year is such a big factor for the Steelers. Because he can still line up in the slot and make his way down the field. Exactly. You just, you just won't have an idea of where the Steelers are going to use him as long as Deontay and Pickens are also on the field as well. right? I think Which that's, we assume is going to happen on the outside for right. the most part. That, I think that's the key there. With Claypool, he can be a deep threat. That's what he was for the Steelers as a rookie. But it's clear now that Deontay and especially George Pickens are also suitable for that role. So it's kind of like the Juju thing. I mean, maybe he's just better suited as this deceptively bigger slot kind of guy. Right. And I think he could be better at that than Juju was. I, I Maybe think, if as long as he embraces it, that's, yeah, that's the Juju factor. That's always right a problem, of course, is embracing it. But. Like you said, it's not as if he won't be able to get his fair share of deep targets, even though he's lining up in the slot sometimes. So I think the stats will be there for him to have if he can embrace this role and really, you know, dive in head first with this kind of slot mentality. And I really wanted to see it week one. I get worried now because Deontay Johnson and his availability is in somewhat question. Uh, again, he might suit up. He might run out of that tunnel. He might give it a go but he might not be able to finish the game. He might not be as effective as he normally is, especially if he's been limited all week in practice, not you know getting the full confidence for the Steelers to get into a full practice. Maybe they're being careful with him. Who knows? But I don't know. I would have loved to see an FP next to his name at least one of these days, and maybe today you will see it uh, before they head over yeah, to maybe Cincinnati. Today? Yeah, maybe today he'll be an FP. And, is and today the last day of yeah, practice? and then they'll yeah. go to Cincinnati tomorrow. Yeah. So we'll see. But I just love the the way the wide receiver core lines up when they're all healthy. Sure. The other thing you could do if you wanted to, you know, say, injury be damned, we're keeping our game plan. You could put Boykin outside with Pickens and keep Claypool in the slot as your top three wide receivers. Boykin's got some experience playing on the outside. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not ideal, of course. And another thing that Tim Benz brought up uh, when we were doing Countdown to Kickoff, which I thought was a really interesting point, Still go double tight. Okay. 
but bump Fryermuth out into the slot in kind of a pseudo-slot factor, Claypool on the outside with Pickens on the other side. I like that, I think. So I you, think got, so you use... You use Pickens, Deontay, Claypool. No, Deontay. And... This is if Deontay is, oh, is okay, not able okay, to go. Okay. Like this is solutions. If if Deontay's okay. able to go, it's Pickens, Deontay, yeah, right, right, and Claypool right, 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 right on the slot with Fryermuth as a tight end. But for the but double put Gentry tight... in tight end, and then Fryermuth bumps out to a pseudo slot, and then you got Claypool and Pickens on the outside. That's a lot of size on the field on all right. aspects. Right. I yeah. I mean, I have no issue. I have no resistance or hesitation. Using Pat Fryermuth as a in creative ways as a like receiver yeah. three option essentially like if you need if Deontay especially if Deontay is not out there I have no problem with saying hey let's use this and let's sub in Pat here right and then you get your extra time and then when you bring in Gentry or even Connor Hayward right I don't know what they're gonna do but if you have Pat out there. Teams are going to expect Pat to yes. get the ball. Yes. And then that could either, A, be a good decoy to leave Chase Claypool or George Pickens opens, or he just gets the ball, and like we know he like we know he can, he'll catch it, right? And he'll get it for mm-hmm. a solid 8, 9, 10 yards pro- probably every time he's targeted. Yeah, no question he will. And I, I just think that they have a lot of options that they should explore and maybe ju- not just go with the uh... – Chase Claypool outside Gunner in the slot. I like Gunner. I think Gunner has the chance to make some decent plays for the team this year, but I think he actually strikes me as more of a preseason wonder and maybe, you know, had a couple of nice preseason maybe games. Maybe he'll and, kind of come back to earth Yeah, maybe here. he'll come back down to earth just a, just a touch and won't be a, a big factor Well, here's the issue. As much. Not the issue, but the reality is he's wide receiver four. Yes. When Calvin Allison comes back, he'll be wide receiver five most likely. Until he probably overtakes him for wide You'd hope. Calvin, Calvin Austin. Austin. It, won't yeah, take, it won't be right away, but well, you'd hope by the end of the year he's worked his yes. way there. So it's hard for Gunnar O to yeah, as wide a, receiver. That's another guy I'd love to be healthy, Calvin, Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin, for sure. For if Deontay really isn't up to full speed. Because you know that everyone was saying when he was drafted, the, 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 the pro receiver comparisons were only made to Deontay Johnson. Yeah. And I also just want to see Deontay at a fully healthy clip yes. because I, I think the guy can really explode. I, I really do. Um, he was an all-pro as a rookie. He reminds me, not that he's going to be as good, but he models his game after this guy, and they are very good friends. And we saw him put on a display last night on Thursday Night Football, Steph Diggs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got that kind of body type. He's so shifty with his route running, uh, creative with his route running, too. Uh, again, I think Diggs does everything Deontay does just a clip better than Deontay because he's elite. But Deontay could possibly get there, and even if he doesn't, he could be like Diggs light-ish, and I think that'd be perfect, and, and I love that kind of wide receiver. That wide receiver can give headaches to any defensive coordinator. I mean, you have Deontay for the next three years. Yeah. This guy could easily be stepping, if he stays healthy, could be stepping into his prime for these these next three years. You could really see... Oh, these next three years compared to his first three years in the league, a real step up. Right? If he stays healthy, I, I really believe he can be that Stefan Diggs mini, if not a, a completely unique version of that, and, and kind of establish himself finally as one of the best receivers in the game. Well- hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? 
I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. One last piece of injury news I want to share on the offensive side before we wrap up. But before we do, game day is right around the corner. So subscribe to the Mike Tomlin Game Day podcast. Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola talks with head coach Mike Tomlin about the upcoming game. New episodes drop every game day, and it's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Seriously, guys, you do not hear Mike Tomlin speak candidly anywhere but this um, game day podcast with Bob Labriola, and you also can hear it play during the Steelers Network pregame show leading up to kickoff. It's it's great stuff, so give that a listen. Chuk Sikorafor ended up on the injury list mm. just yesterday yep. with a did-not-practice with a back problem. Again, you get this sense from the Steelers, as you always do, oh, all is well. Like, right, the, the people out in front of the building, all is well. Stay calm. All is well, like an animal house. Mm-hmm. But... You got to worry when you see that, and your offensive line is hanging on by a thread as it is already. Now, maybe it's precautionary. Maybe, hey, that back's not feeling that great. Let's just, you know, sit in the ice tub today and rehab it, and we'll give it a go tomorrow, and we'll be ready for game day. But Chooks was probably the consensus, you know, top dog out of camp as far as the line was concerned, not to make him out to be the, the next coming of one of the great tackles in football, but people seem to think that he was the best of the five they have. For him to show up on the injury report, that puts a lump in my throat. Yeah, just because this offensive line is already down a peg without injuries, right? Yeah. Without injuries, they are They're thin. They are thin. And yes, you brought in Jesse Davis, but I believe it was either Dale or Matt on their show saying, you don't want Jesse Davis. Oh, you know who it was? I believe it was when you were filling in for Mark Madden on the Mark Madden show last Friday afternoon I mean, when you I'm, had when you had Brian Bacco on, you would ask because it was the day after that Jesse Davis was signed. Yeah, I asked great questions. You did, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up <laughs> one of those questions. You asked what is uh, what would you like to see out of Jesse Davis? You said is it something like they're just gonna kind of shuffle through all these guys and, and just find what works eventually? And and Brian said actually no, I don't want Jesse Davis out there because that means the guys that they plan on going out with aren't. As good as as you would hope to be a starting five, so it it it, it really sucks that Chooks is hurt, but we may see Jesse Davis in some capacity already. But you don't want to, like no. Brian said. And if Chooks is hurt, I, I see the right side of the line as sort of a, a kind of strength for the Steelers' offensive line. If you could pick one um, with Chooks and James Daniels, just because. Chooks has looked the best, and he's the most veteran presence in a Steelers uniform on mm-hmm. that offensive line. And James Daniels is just the most veteran presence overall and has had fringe Pro Bowlish years in Chicago. So I you I viewed that right side of the line as maybe a 
load it up there and try to run Najee to the right a lot. But if Chooks is out, I mean, that's that all is out the window. And even if Chooks is in, it might not be that great of a game plan because, again, it's not like it's overwhelmingly great on the right side. It's just probably a little bit better, more a little bit more experienced than the left. Because the left is Dotson and Dotson, who Dan is hurt, Moore and Dan Moore, who admittedly didn't have his best preseason this year. That's a big matchup we got to keep an eye on in this game. Hendrickson versus Dan Moore Jr. Mm-hmm. Dan Moore got dinged with a lot of holding penalties in the uh, preseason. If there was a way to bet this anywhere, I, I would maybe put in Dan Moore over under .5 holds if that was the thing. If not 1.5? Maybe. I mean, and I'm not sure that maybe one's not justified where you just don't want to get Mitch killed because Hendrickson just whoops you bad. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe that's... I mean, maybe that's the best case scenario is that he gets called for one, but it saves your season possibly by <laughs> by saving help. your quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, holding on third and ten makes it third and twenty, but you get to punt away and go live to fight another <laughs> way with your quarterback. Those are not the problems that you want to be facing. No. the problems that you want to be solving. But let's be honest, Dan Moore versus uh, Miles Garrett last year. Dan Moore won that battle. He did. So maybe there's like this factor where Dan Moore just needs to step into a game stadium. Maybe he just needs a regular worthy season. opponent. Like you know a regular I mean? season game with He needs some guy who's going to really challenge him. I mean, he did get Aiden Hutchinson a couple times in That's the true. Lions game. He's That's a pretty true. he's a pretty yeah. decent player. Pretty good. He's going to be a pretty good player in this league. So that's pretty much what I think on the offensive side of the ball. If you can run the ball early and get them off balance that way and then hit them with the play action over the middle stuff and then start to take the top off the defense, I think that's your formula for success. Uh, I don't think that you can jump to number three in my step process without completing number one and number two. I think you have to be very, very methodical with it, uh, really game plan heavy, really timing heavy, which is tough to do in week one of of any NFL of any sport, but in the NFL particularly. But I think those are the steps you need to take to to really win. And and number one, the running the ball step is the most important. Not nothing else can happen unless you're experiencing some success on the ground and keeping the Bengals off balance. Yeah, I it's going to be that is I think is the biggest matchup to watch for on Sunday is the offensive line versus that Bengals pass rush because that could be the game that could be the difference maker here. So hopefully don't let them pass rush, keep them on their heels, run it down their throat. What do you do on the defensive side of the ball? That's probably the side that worries you the most, not for what the Steelers have, but for what they're going up against. It's a Death Star level offense when it comes to Cincinnati. So we'll take a look at the Steelers' defense and that game plan when we come back. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman. Thanks as always for giving us a listen on the Steelers' standard. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.